0: Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, Ed. I hope you are.
0: I am well, yes. Thank you. So it seems like kind of the big news all of a sudden today was uh, uh, coming out of Washington regarding the economy with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates again, not entirely unexpected, and the stock market didn't react unfavorably to it.
1: Yeah, um, it, you're right. It was expected. Um, I, there was also some scrambling in the Fed chair Jerome Powell got involved in it today. There's been scrambling in the last, oh, I don't know, uh, 10 days or a week or so. The Biden administration trying to redefine what is a recession, because, as you know, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the GDP figures for the second quarter will be released The first quarter, there was a a contraction of the country's uh, GDP uh, metric, and it's expected that there will be one tomorrow as well. And so the traditional definition has always been two consecutive quarters of GDP contraction equals a recession. And the Biden administration is kind of putting the full court press on, all the journalists they can find and talk show hosts and the talking heads and the pundits and everybody else to, to say, no, 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 that's not really how how we define a recession. Um, And Jerome Powell said as much today, I, I don't know whether he's fighting for his job now that he's raised interest rates. What is it? Four consecutive times. Pretty clearly I think we're in a recession and the question is how bad does it get and how long does it last?
0: Yeah. And the new numbers for the, um, I guess the second quarter GDP will be out, but, you know, sometimes they come out with one number, then they revise it a few weeks later. Recently, they've been revising it downward more often than upward. So it's entirely possible that the extent of, of how bad the recession is won't even be available. Uh, when that comes out, we're recording on Wednesday. That'll come out on Thursday. Uh, I find it remarkable though, that they would take the political stance, hey, let's just redefine it and tell you you're not seeing what you think you're seeing that it's not really a recession
1: I mean it sounds like I don't think it just sounds like I think it is, but it certainly sounds like that the White House, from a political standpoint is really chaotic and has been almost from day one uh and there they, they, there are some people or some some person. Uh, who seems to think that the American people are quite stupid um, and and will believe anything that they're told. Um, I don't think that's the case. And I'm reminded, uh, and I think you hit on this uh, several shows ago, but I'm reminded of the Clinton-Gore 92 campaign where they hit the message, it's the economy, stupid, referencing the president, the then president, George H.W. Bush, and just, beat him over the head with that message from the time i guess clinton got the nomination um or seemed to be going to get it until november uh and he won as a result um because the economy was as it typically is the number one issue at least when when the economy is bad so uh i don't think it bodes well for the democrats Prospects in November, but we'll see.
0: And people know instinctively how they feel about it. And in fact, the the consumer confidence uh, poll has been down significantly. I think last month it was down the most in the history of the poll. Uh, That's an indication of how people feel about the economy and their personal economy. And that's as important as anything that comes out of you know the Bureau of Economic Statistics.
1: A really good point, because if people think the economy is good, then by definition, it's good because they'll spend and they'll do the things they need to do. If they think it's bad, then by definition, it's bad because they won't spend and they, and they won't save or they won't invest or, or, or some combination of those things. And and you're exactly right. Um, the American people are aware of how much prices are up, interest rates are up, um, and, and they know that uh, the economy is in a tailspin right now. Um, and it's interesting to note that today, I think, was the 40th day in a row where gasoline prices are down, which in large part, or at least large measure, is related to consumer confidence. People are afraid. They realize we're in a recession. They're not spending money on things like gasoline. They're not taking trips. They're, they're economizing uh, they're driving around town, you know, wait until you have three or four errands to run as opposed to one, um, those kinds of things. And as a result, demand for gasoline has gone down, and that's dropped the price on. But it's still, I think it's over $2 a gallon more than it was when Biden took office. And it's, it's still a problem. Um, and, you know, it has the potential, as we've discussed in the past, to get worse this winter when, when, when it gets cold.
0: Well, it does, and and I find it remarkable that anyone in the White House would think that this is a political uh, point in their favor to talk about gas prices coming down when it's still so high. Oh, you're only paying $4 instead of $4.40. Um, a lot of people aren't going to be well, happy about that.
1: Well, and remember, too, they spent however many months – you know, I guess something close to 18 telling us that the reason gasoline prices were going up had, was out of their control and had nothing to do with with uh, liberal Democrat economic policies. Um, but now that it's come down somewhat, they're oh yes, it's because of Joe Biden and, and the things he's done. And I don't think the American people are stupid enough to to buy both of those arguments because they're they're uh, 180 degrees uh, apart and um, too clever by half.
0: You can't have it both ways. No. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Clinton Gore campaign. I want to go a little bit further back in his history because there was a man in 1980. He knew what a recession was and what it was going to take for a recovery. Listen to this. Let it show on the record that when the American people cried out for economic help, Jimmy Carter took refuge behind a dictionary. Well. <clears throat> If it's a definition, if it's a definition he wants, I'll give him one. A recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours.
1: And recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. Yeah. And that's a good point uh, as well. I mean, and, and, he bit the bullet. I think we touched on this in the past, um, and allowed Paul Volcker to do what he needed to do with interest rates in order to to, to, to get rid of uh, the inflation that the president uh, President Reagan had inherited from the Jimmy Carter administration. The economy went in a pretty pretty deep slump, um, and Republicans took a bath uh, at the uh, in the in the eighty two midterms. Uh, but then the economy began to rebound uh in August of 82 the stock market began its its um, longest uh, positive streak in history i believe um and uh you know it was the economy took off after that And it really lasted into the the um the George uh, W Bush years really um and uh you know Reagan had the the um the character and the courage to bite the bullet and do what it took to get the economy back where it needed to be. I don't think this current president and his minions have that.
0: Not at all. Now, the other story, before we get to some legal news that I want to get your thoughts about, is this story about uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and this trip to Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, if I understand it correctly, she was, she was publicly... Planning to go to Japan, and then it leaked out that she was also going to sneak a trip to Taiwan. In there, that's right. Now, now the People's Republic of China has reacted uh, vociferously to the idea of this politician going to um, Taiwan. Uh, now, Newt Gingrich went there in '97. He was Speaker of the House. He's the, the highest-ranking American who's been there. Uh, but now, you know, now it seems like kind of like if she doesn't go. You're bowing down to the Chinese.
1: That's exactly right. This speaks to the fecklessness of the liberal Democrats in charge of our government in Washington. Um, She is damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. The Chinese have postured and said that they may even react militarily, which probably means something against Taiwan or perhaps some demonstration in the uh, off the coast of China and, and, and so forth and not actually a. Shooting war, but who knows? I mean wars have started over less uh, over less in the past, but you know if she you're right, if she doesn't go, they've backed down, and China will see that for what it is and and act accordingly and if she does go, what is the fallout if any? The Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and I use defense in quotes because he ain't much about defense. I don't know what the man does all day, but he came out today and in so many words said she shouldn't go because we don't know what's going to happen if she does. Um, and she's got her gotten herself and the Biden administration has, has helped in a box. And, and I don't, you know, clearly to me, the greater ill is to back down. Um, but, it, you know, it just, it was so unnecessary and you're right. Gingrich went as at this point he's the highest-ranking American official ever to visit Taiwan. The Taiwanese, I mean, the Chinese protested when he went because he was going from. Uh, he also had a trip to Japan, and they, you know, weren't going to let him fly the places he wanted to fly if he went to Taiwan too. He said, "Fine, I'll just go to Japan and then come," you know, or, or, or and they they said, "Oh, okay," and 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 they backed down. Um, and, you know, they might do this with the speaker n- now, but, um, you know, it, it's a lot of bad press and it, and it, and it makes our government look uh, weak. It's like we don't have a plan. We just play a card and then react to other nations' responses to, the, to that card uh, or they play a card and we react. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's bothersome to me. But, but what are your thoughts?
0: Well, you said something very interesting, that that the People's Republic of China, that mainland China, they backed down in 97, and they're not this time, or at least so far. And that is an indication to me of the difference in our positions now versus then. And China feels emboldened at this point. Uh, They're building their military up significantly, but also economically they're in a different place than they were 25 years ago. And so they're going to throw their weight around.
1: I mean, why wouldn't they feel emboldened? We're we're focused on this BS in, you know, uh, Europe with NATO. Russia is not a threat to us other than nuclear uh, capability-wise. They're not crazy enough to start a nuclear war with us. Uh, Our focus needs to be on the Pacific, the Western Pacific, uh, and and the the true threat to us, which is China. Uh, And then if we can help uh, the... Countries of Western Europe, Central Europe now, um, you know, with their with their defense, so be it. But China has us on the run.
0: And, you know, the other aspect of this story that I find interesting is one who leaked it uh, and what was their motivation for doing so. And then why did the executive branch Biden, you know, SecDef and, and others react as they did, making this an issue if they hadn't said anything, then it probably would not have become this issue. Does she go? Does she stay? Uh, and then the my last thought about it is, you know, best thing she can do is, you know, you folks don't be surprised if she catches COVID in the next, you know, period of time and has to cancel her whole trip.
1: Yeah, good point, and and, and you're you, you know you're right. If the Biden administration and the cabinet officials and, and the national security folks that work for the president had come out and said, damn right, you know, she has our full support. I think that would have been the end of it. China would have postured some more, but I don't think they would have postured quite as much as they have. Um, And we could have sent a message that, you know, we're going to stand up to you, but that didn't happen.
0: Or they could have said nothing and could have said, well, you know, that's a different branch of government. They make decisions about their own travel.
1: Yeah, yeah, all true.
0: You know, in, in legal news, two things that we were talking about last week that we have to follow up this week on um, is the Steve Bannon trial. He got convicted. But before that, you had an interesting um, question last week. And so we kind of turned it into a thought experiment of, you know, what happens if this January 6th commission results in criminal charges against uh, President Trump and then it has to go to a D.C. jury. And it seemed pretty hypothetical, but just within the last week it's kind of come out that a grand jury is hearing evidence in a case in DC. Uh, and then the attorney general had this to say the other day. No person is above the law in this country. Nothing stops us. Even a no per- I don't know how to maybe I'll say that again. No person is above the law in this country. I can't say it any more clearly than that. There is nothing in the principles of prosecution in any other factors which prevent us from investigating anyone, anyone who's criminally responsible uh, for for uh, uh, an attempt to undo a democratic election. And, and what you might not be able to hear in the clip so clearly is the reporter asking even a former president and the AG just keeps saying, well, no one's above the law.
1: It's... Um It's even more troubling to me than it was last week. Um, I think it speaks to the desperation of the Democrat Party from a political standpoint as we approach the November midterms. Uh, And and more importantly, the 2024 presidential race. Uh, The polling that has come out this week that shows Biden uh, in real trouble among members of his own party. Uh, And I think that they only real thing that they have to quote unquote run against and, and that unifies them is uh, the hatred of Donald Trump. Um, and and I, I said last week, and I feel very strongly this way, if that happens, if he's indicted and arrested and is and particularly if it's in a Democrat um, federal judicial district, like the Department of uh, the District of Columbia, I think we're headed towards violence and perhaps even civil war 2.0. And I don't say that lightly, but I, I just think it, you know, these people have not thought through, well, first of all, let me back up. There's been no evidence that anyone has seen that Donald Trump committed any crimes, particularly as it relates to January the 6th, um, and this notion that they hate him and he's evil and orange and tweets mean things, therefore he must have committed a crime, is laughable. Except that it's not because people believe it. I mean, people that are supposed to know better uh, believe it. But nevertheless, um, it, it's it's um, they've not thought through how this ends and how many people may die as a result of them trying to use the Department of Justice and the federal court system as an arm of the Democrat Party. Uh, and, and it's I just don't see a good outcome for anyone, but particularly for our republic, if that happens.
0: It would not be a good outcome, and I would certainly hope it didn't turn to violence, but just the, the rending apart of an already divided populace would be horrible. And one thing that you've seen repeatedly on this January 6th commission is they talk about, oh, we got this testimony; that's going to prove this or that, and it never quite, it never quite proves what they think it's going to prove.
1: Yeah, and, and they take it out of context. And we talked about that last week. They take these clips and so forth and they play them, and yet it still doesn't prove what they said it was going to prove. And and I saw yesterday, I think it was, um, some uh, videotape of Benny Thompson, who's the chairman of that committee from uh, 2016 saying exactly the same types of things that Trump and the MAGA people did in 2020. Well, yeah, and one of the other members of the committee, Jamie
0: Raskin, he, he voted not to certify the electors in the 2016
1: election. It's okay when they do it. And, and that, to me, is really, I guess, the example of the problem that I see in this country and you mentioned the Hunter Biden situation with the FBI, where Senator Grassley and Representative Jordan have have said that there are whistleblowers that talk about how the senior leadership at the FBI is helping to cover up for Hunter Biden and is uh, causing the statistics, the crime statistics, that the FBI keeps to be skewed in favor of calling things that are clearly not domestic terrorism, calling them domestic terrorism, so as to uh, provide uh, evidence for the Biden administration and the attorney general saying that the greatest threat that we face is domestic terrorism. It all boils down to this. There are two justice systems in our country. There's one for the liberal elite and their families, and there's one for everybody else and And when that happens, we have real trouble, because if people don't believe that justice, at least in a big picture, a broad perspective, is served by a court system, then they're not going to respect it. And that respect is what makes it work. and And it's it's I am I just hope something that changes because i I really see this spinning out of control pretty quickly. Uh, one way or the other.
0: And I want to go go backwards, maybe thirty seconds. I didn't want to interrupt you uh, because with this Hunter Biden story, I think most people know about the laptop from hell and, and and that's that piece of it. But some people may not know what had just come out basically today or, or yesterday last evening, I guess, um, which is that Chuck Grassley, who's an elder statesman in the US. Senate, Senator from Iowa, on the Judiciary Committee. It is Iowa, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, it's and, just Iowa.
0: And um, he came out and said that he has heard from sources within the FBI that for partisan political purposes before the 2020 election, uh, they basically squashed any investigation into the Biden Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, does that pretty much summarize that?
1: It does. And that, yeah. That,
0: and that would be a shocking, you know. Issue within what used to be America's premier federal investigative agency.
1: And and it came out, remember, in October of 2020, and the liberal news media, the mainstream media, didn't talk about it to the extent it got talked about in the mainstream social media. It was, well, just because Hunter Biden is supposed to have done these things, it doesn't reflect upon Joe. But the problem is, Hunter Biden and Joe were. Involved in in his business affairs, he was flying on Air Force Two to China with, with Joe when Joe was VPOTUS. Coming back with a billion dollar contract from companies uh, owned by the Chinese uh, Communist Party slash government, uh, he's he's uh, lobbying on behalf of foreign countries and not registering. And you know he's he it's, he's selling access to the Biden name, if nothing else, if not. Uh, Joe himself. So it it does reflect on the president. The president is is knee deep in all of this, despite, you know, his lies during the campaign where he said, I've never discussed business, uh, my son's business with anyone. And it's come out, you know, in the last couple of weeks with this uh, cloud um, leak that, that he has and he did multiple times. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's it's going to be Hunter Biden gets a pass, and we're going to make up a crime, you know, sort of like the Soviet Union. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Um, we're going to make up a crime against Donald Trump, and we're going to charge him because we have to do everything we can to prevent him from being president again. Uh, the Uniparty, and by that I mean the rhinos like Liz Cheney and the Liberal Democrats.
0: And the other story, which has gotten even less press than this Hunter Biden laptop issue is this letter that was sent from Congressman Jim Jordan uh, today to the director of the FBI. You sent me a copy of it in which uh, I guess apparently Congressman Jordan has sources within the FBI that says that the agency is pressuring agents to reclassify uh, uh, cases that they have as domestic violence extremism so that they can bolster the numbers to suit some political narrative that's coming out of the Department of Justice.
1: The Department of Justice and the FBI in particular have become the the Stasi, which was the East German secret police of the Democrat Party.
0: Well, and let's be honest. Merrick Garland, he had a pretty good reputation when he was a judge. He He was a Democrat for sure. Obama wanted to appoint him to the Supreme Court, But he wasn't seen as an extremist. He was on the D.C. circuit. Uh, I would say his reputation has taken some big hits over the last 18 months
1: and for good reason. He was perceived to be a smart, smart man, a garden variety liberal. Um, And now at best, I think the the, the most the kindest thing you can say about him is that he's a partisan hack. Um, And, you know, he better hope uh, that. uh, the Democrats do better than expected in the, in the midterms or he might find himself impeached.
0: Yeah. Well, there are multiple cabinet officials that that might happen to, I think. But, yeah, but I, th- I hope
1: he's at the top of the list. Uh,
0: well, I think Majorca should be at the top of the list, but uh, okay.
1: One a and one B. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll take that. But the other, the other story, the other legal news, cause we were talking about it was Steve Bannon's trial. It was going on last week. It came to a conclusion at the end of the week, uh, the government put on two witnesses. Bannon didn't put on any evidence and had the last closing argument, and then D.C. jury found him guilty. Uh, he's not been sentenced. That won't occur for weeks into the future where they do a, a you know, pre-sentencing investigation report. Uh, I will say I went and found the indictment, looked at he was indicted for two U.S. Code 192, which is refusal of a witness to testify or produce papers. Uh, calls for a sentence of imprisonment of a minimum of 30 days up to 12 months and a fine of $100 to $1,000. To be perfectly honest, the way the guidelines typically work, he would probably get the minimum. I don't believe he has a criminal history. Um, and in two counts, they could run them concurrently. So he might be looking at a month in a federal minimum security institution.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I've seen right much uh, speculation among uh, federal criminal Practitioners who hold themselves out as experts in that area of the law, and I don't dispute it, that he probably has some pretty, pretty solid ground for an appeal um, based on the rulings of the trial court that, for all intents and purposes, gutted his defense. Um, he is uh, quite um, brash in his response, which is, you know, if I have to go to jail in order to stand up to this rogue, uh, administration and, and Congress, then I'm happy to do that. Uh, which I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I, I also read somewhere and I thought this was uh, humorous. Um, you could hold the reunion of everyone convicted of contempt of Congress in a telephone booth.
0: Is It, it would just be Steve Bannon. Is that right?
1: I think that's about right. Um, and, uh,
0: now, we'll have to have a show explaining what telephone booths are, but.
1: Well, that's right. Most people don't know anymore. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw one, but nevertheless, at our age, we remember them.
0: We do. Um, well, what's on your radar for the next week?
1: One of the things that I, that I saw today, as a matter of fact, uh, was a story that the Big Ten is looking. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Big Ten is looking to uh, expand some more. And um, they have, and this is a guy from CBS, Brett McMurphy, who covers college football. Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Miami, and Florida State are all sort of on the Big Ten prospect list. Uh, and, and that leads to, I guess, a theory and probably a, a, a consensus that if they're doing that, it must be because they believe the SEC is, is going to expand as well. And so the question then becomes, well, what happens to the Pac-12 Well, the remaining schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, Utah, that may be it. Do they go to the Big 12? Um, does the Big 12 disband? Uh, what happens to the ACC leftovers? You know, because um, I would think, although I don't think it's NC State, despite their fans' uh Hopes. I don't think they're a target really for the SEC uh, because I don't think they can compete in football for a long time in that conference. Um, Although, uh, you know, to the extent television markets drive it, that that could change. Um, You know, what happens to those schools? Um, And it'll be interesting to watch. I I think – and we've talked about this before. I think college sports is, are 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 in trouble um, because I think they they've become open and notorious about money being the motivating factor for all of this, which it was for decades. But but at least they pretended that it wasn't.
0: And, and the Athletic reported just about an hour ago. Um, it's, it's kind of related to this, but Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has now come out and said that the Big Ten is not going to take the position they have in the past uh, on automatic berths for the college football playoff. And The Big Ten was one of the conferences which was kind of standing in the way of expanding the football playoffs. So now that he or the league or the conference is backing off of that stance, now it seems like they're opening the door to expand from four teams in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and um – Right now, the Pac-12 would have a vote with regard to any of that. My understanding is if if they if they lose more teams, and they lose their vote. Um, not sure what that would mean, um, but I, I think that uh, the trimmers are getting stronger. That there's a movement in in the conference situation in uh, in college sports.
0: With what you said a moment ago about the landscape having changed, it's interesting because we, since we've been doing this podcast, we reported on the US Supreme Court decision, which basically led to name, image, and likeness becoming what it is. And then it has just gone kind of out of control since then. Well, you know, I'm sure schools believe it's a very valuable thing for their players. Yeah. But I think it's in some ways out of control and it's essentially become pay for play. Uh, And now the NCAA wants to change to allow, you know, more transferring by athletes. So essentially that any loyalty to particular schools just seems to be disappearing rapidly.
1: Yeah. And Lane Kiffin has called for a salary cap on the NIL payments to college athletes. Otherwise, it's a it's a it's an arms race. The rich get richer. So that's kind of on my radar It's a little bit of a. uh, off the beaten path from the things that we normally look at. Um, And then uh, the situation in Ukraine, uh, it seems that um, the Ukrainians are not doing as well as previously thought. The Germans are dragging their feet with regard to promised uh, weapon systems. Um, And the President of Ukraine, Mr. Zelensky, uh, you know, big splash with with him and his wife uh, posing for a photo shoot on the Vogue. She's on the cover of an upcoming edition. Interestingly, Melania Trump was never on the cover. Um, You know, Trump was impeached the second time for questioning the Biden family's dealings, with the corruption in Ukraine. And you, you know, it just seems to me that, and I don't remember the fellow's name in Afghanistan who was quote unquote the good guy, and he got on the helicopter or the private plane with suitcases full of United States greenbacks.
0: Ghani or Ghazi.
1: Yeah, and hit the road. You can see that coming with Zelensky with, with almost no effort whatsoever. And all the money that we've thrown at that situation. Um, you know, untold billions. I'm sure somebody knows how many, but, and you think about what could we have done with that money um, in any number of ways. I mean, could, we, we could have used it to enhance our Navy uh, so that we could deal with the threat from China. We could have paid down some on the debt. I mean, that, it, it, just any number of things, but
0: we didn't. Yeah. I, you know, what's kind of on my radar is, is related to that. I find this story about energy in Europe just interesting. and I've been hearing about it for a while, but today Reuters reported that, uh, you know, there have been some developments in it because this Nord Stream 1 pipeline – Remember, the Nord Stream 2 that was the issue with the Trump and then the Biden administration and all that. And, and, but Nord Stream 1 has still been in operations. And so the Russians took that offline recently. They brought it back online, but it's only at a fifth of its total capacity. So on Tuesday of this week, uh, the European Union countries approved this plan, which is basically for rationing of energy this winter. Uh, And now they're trying to figure out how they can fill up their storage tanks so that people don't freeze to death in the winter, assuming that nothing changes. Uh, And they are so dependent on Russia, they are um, somewhat over a barrel. And so I just find this story really interesting.
1: It is interesting. And who told Angela Merkel, don't let your nation become so dependent on Russian energy? the orange man with the mean tweets and the world economic forum types and the EU types and the liberal elite in this country laughed at him, but he was right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I know it's, it's hot and we're talking about, you know, the heat wave that's going on now, but, uh, for Europe, it's going to get cold and it's going to get cold soon and they need to have gas now that they can start storing. So, Uh, That's kind of on my radar to see what happens with that.
1: The the other thing I want to mention before we before we close, there was a story uh, on the AP wire this afternoon in a Japanese town that I think is pronounced Yamaguchi. Monkeys are attacking people, particularly some infants in the arms of their mothers and they have broken into several what they called nursery schools, and I assume that they're using that term the same way we use it. Um, and the uh, and I don't know about, too much about the structure of, of Japanese government internally, but maybe it's the prefecture or, or some level of government has hired folks to go out with tranquilizer guns and hunt these monkeys so that they can um, keep the public safe. And I, I found that interesting, and perhaps indicative of the world we live in
0: well that that is interesting i thought you were going to go somewhere with monkeypox but i guess that's just a coincidence in name
1: i think it is um although you know the two children were diagnosed in california with monkeypox one was a like a toddler type and the other is an infant yeah and the cdc director danced all around how that could happen but if you're not a practicing male, homosexual, or bisexual man, you don't even qualify for the vaccine, according to the government. So how would the kids get it?
0: Well, it'd be interesting to see. Now, I'm just going to tell you, Lee, that this may be somewhat controversial, but I don't like monkeys. I think they're kind of freaky little animals. and, And so
1: I'm with you. I don't like them either. Like, like Kramer doesn't like cr- clowns. I don't like monkeys.
0: I can understand that one, too.
1: Any, any sort of primates other than humans.
0: Yep. All right. You got anything else here tonight? No, I'm good. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can email us at comments at com. If you've enjoyed this show, please click subscribe with your podcast provider so you'll get all our updates. Leave us a review and tell your friends. <laughs>